Welcome into One Groove Low from the Unknown Golf Studios and Unknown Golf Offices. UnknownGolf.com. Make golf better for you, even if you're not playing particularly well. Alongside D May, David May. Hello, hello. J Dub, Justin Whaley. Fellas. I'm I'm Bo, and it's uh it's great to be back with you guys again. One Groove Low is just everyday golfers talking about everyday golf stuff. How you guys been? Good. Blessed. Yeah. Everything everything's good. Golf game's been in in solid shape. Um just recently played in a uh um like a Ryder Cup deal, which which was really good. Um it's fun. We won. I I was pleased with how I played. So we won. I was yeah. pleased with how I played. <laughs> I was pleased with my team. The team dominated. I was pleased personally. I still with only I have played. three hole in ones, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I didn't even, I didn't even, I don't even need to drop Sneak that anymore. That yeah. I was yeah. trying to think, is there a way, you know, how do you say that? We, you I, know, in his, in his profile description, his favorite fruit food, humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you, uh, that's what you put when he, when you send him the Venmo request for what he owes you. Yeah. yeah. Ask him for a slice. Humble pie. That's yeah. Right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Can I get some of that? Well, I'm, I'm going to have an extra dose of that for Thanksgiving, I'm sure. You know, we were, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, with some guys that we recently had in here and, uh, J-Dub and I played, and speaking of wins and losses, I think we recently talked about that in, a, in the last podcast about how I lost every event there. Well, we're going to talk to those guys about that whole thing. But before we do, Bo, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, and I already know part of the answer to this, but didn't you just get back from a pretty solid golf trip uh, with, with, with some guys and so, a lot of smack talk? Yeah. And I know because I was actually following you, stalking you, through unknown golf, I've got that you was, friended, and I was watching. I was watching you. The nerves yeah. I was feeling. Yeah. Uh, well, on my actually first real golf trip, if you can believe that. Like, so this is what I tell you guys. Like, it's great for me to be a part of this because I get to hear about all these amazing things, and then you get to hear what somebody that's just experiencing. But my experiences are better because of you guys. So, and unknown golf. So we got everybody on unknown golf. Twenty four guys go play. It's Ryder Cup style. And um, the first day, it's a shamble. So you play the best drive and then um, play your own ball. And um, me and my partner were probably, you know, B players. We're not doing handicaps, by the way. No, there's no handicaps. It's all just just go play. And they chose the teams, and I'm not sure. I think it happened at tailgate after a football game, and I'm not sure it went particularly well. <laughs> We've all I'm been there. Gonna, I'm just going to leave it there. So, so um, It went well for somebody. <laughs> Me and my me and my partner, uh, we won the front, back, and overall that day, and so we won three points. And uh, our team had a total of five, so we won three of the five <laughs> points that day. So I go up to the team captain, who may or may not have been picking the team after the tailgate, and I said, "Hey, are you proud of me?" And he goes, "For what?" <laughs> I said, "You don't even know. You don't even know what happened today." Because I know I have no idea. <laughs> So, uh, so that was the start to the. Uh, they were well into a, a good time, but we finished the day with a a, a nine hole par three. It's at it's at Shangri La over in Oklahoma near Grove. Fantastic facility, by the way. Yeah, incredible. Like three nine hole courses and a and battlefields a, a, a nine hole par three, and it's hard. Like the greens are four under a four man uh, scramble. Shot four under to win on that. I think we were two. Felt like we missed everything we look at. But anyhow, 27 holes, worn up. Next day, it's a two-man scramble. 
I'm not feeling quite as well that day as I was the day before. Was this following another tailgate? I think we shot. Actually, I think we shot 82 on the on the shamble. But there, yeah, there might have been some tailgating that night. That morning, I was just like, okay, let's just go get it together. My partner uh, barely made it to the course, <laughs> and I think he, you know, he had he had a handful of shots we may have used. Okay, now I'm not uh, again At least fireball shots, fireball shots, shots, both, yeah. both. So, so um, I felt like, and and I'm he may argue, I, I probably would have shot 87 on my own ball. We we shot 83 in the in the scramble. <laughs> Okay. One of those and, days. Yeah. And and the guys we played played out of their minds and we lost by like eleven. So it was not that was not a good day. Lost the front, back, and overall. So then we go to the shootout, you know, the nine hole shootout. And you get part I mean, you get paired up randomly. And I end up with a guy that's pretty good. His name's Stu. He lives in the area. He's from the UK, which makes everything better. The accents just make everything better. Whatever everything he says, he, he says sounds smarter. Might, yeah. You know, it's fine. Don't apologize. So we're, we're having a great... So on the first hole, he pipes a drive down there. We're 110 yards out. I haven't swung a club in an hour. And I shank it like 10... Like with a wedge, I shank it like 10 feet right. He throws it up 15 feet short of the green. I chip it up eight of the 15 feet we had <laughs> left to the green. He... Then proceeds to barely get it on the green, and then I jar in like a 20-footer to advance. Holy smokes. So then we go to a par three. It's like 150 yards. I headed in the left bunker. He throws it up over the flag, goes down the hill. It's another 20 feet on the fringe. I jar it for an up and down <laughs> three. We go to the third hole. He hits it in a fairway bunker. This alternate shot, by the way. Yep. He hits it in a he hits it in a fairway bunker. We're 105 yards out. I choke down on a wedge, and I'm like, just hit it clean. Just get it out of here. It hits the backstop on the green, rolls down to 15 feet. He makes the putt. Holy smokes. So now we're advancing. Long story short, we advance all the way to the, to the last hole. He hits a two iron too far. Hit it like 275. It goes in the water on this, this last hole. So we got a drop. Now it's us and this other group. And I'm done. Like, I'm. this is 27 holes of golf. I didn't think there's any chance I'm on the last hole of the shootout. Now, I got to hit a 100-yard shot to give us a shot, to give us a chance, because they're on in two. It's par four. I hit it. The, like, I literally, like, I didn't even look to see who was standing around, who would hit. I just hit. Like, I just was not waiting for everybody to, because, you know, they're all over to the other side. I'm not, like, waiting to get the gallery. And I hit it to, like, 15 feet, and we missed the putt by three inches and finished second. But that was a lot of fun. That's incredible. That shootout Congratulations. is a, so much fun. Well, that sounds like a, a pretty incredible round of golf. And if I would have been your opponent, you would have got a box full of box saggots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would have. Many of them. Oh, That's man. awesome. Well, great putting, great, putting great clutch play. Dude, it was I mean, so awesome. beautiful out there. Yeah. I mean, the sun's going down. It's on the Grand Lake. The See, sun's going down over the lake. The setting was just gorgeous. This is kind of inspiring for me too, because you know we're obviously passionate about unknown golf and and uh, we're a little biased toward it. But I mean, you're like a living example of the 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 fun that someone can have in golf that they'd never really experienced yeah, before. Never. It's so true, and and it was so cool because no, the, all of the guys out there had not been on the unknown golf app and I got to give Aaron Stall a bunch of credit cuz we talk about this all the time there's got to be one guy that's the champion of your club noon group whatever 
somebody's got to plan the trip. Somebody's got to kind of be, and other people will respond, but somebody's got to drive it. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, that's exactly right. But I was planning around yesterday, completely impromptu, was just going to go to the range and hit balls. I pull up at 10, and some friends were, were making the turn at 10, so um, played the back nine with, with them. And, and one of them in particular, he's not that guy. Um, he made the comment when we were walking off 18 that he is incredibly impressed with the um, simplicity and the mm-hmm. ease that we have gotten to. And I told him that's it's incredible to hear, but it's still nowhere near where we're getting to. You know, sometimes you'll you'll click a link in the app and it actually takes you out of it. You don't know it, but it takes you out of there and sends you to another place. And sometimes it's a little bit wonky. You know, all that stuff we're working on. And by the end of the year, I mean, it, it really is. It's going to be completely different from where we, we were when we well, started. Nobody in, in that group had been on unknown golf before this trip. And they're all running up to each other wondering where their team is. Yep. In the in the round. We see that often. And and also and then you're sitting there at night and it's easy to go back and and kind of relive yeah, where yeah. it went right or wrong. He, um, so it was it was a fun experience. He actually made the comment yesterday that he he typically doesn't he loses a lot of things and for, for those of you that know all of us, you'll know who we're talking about. But he's the one that set up the game yesterday, and it was a three-point uh, – I mean, a nine-point game between the three of them that teed off on number one. He said he did it on the tee, and it took him about a minute. Yeah. He yeah. would have never done and that before. Nine no. point, yeah. Well, it's like – and it's like other things. Like once you start using it, you realize how good it is. You don't want to go back. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to go back to a flip phone once you've had the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, in the event I was talking about, what was really neat about it is not only could you follow where every match was – but when your match ended, you could see where the other matches were on the course, and then everybody just went and watched. Right. So, you know, in in times past, when you're just working off of a scorecard or you're going up and looking at a leaderboard, you know, that where they're writing all the scores, how do you know? You can't really follow along. You can only gather and wait. And what what I would see is everybody would go out and you would just have you know galleries of people out there watching these matches and, and, it, and it was really enabled because there was a tool that they had at their disposal to see where things stood where people were at and, and allowed them to be engaged well unknowngolf.com is uh, where you can go learn more about this it's it's incredible and, and we're biased but also we've we've had enough people um join us in being biased to, to know right. we've got a, a great product here but you also know some guys from from no laying up roost um, that you're about to talk to um, that have a way of making you know groups fun and and golf more fun, which we're all about here on the right. roof low. That's right, and they they're they're fans and supporters of unknown golf, and I think everything that we've talked about here, um, they they would echo and and probably will in this conversation. So. Um, yeah, let, let's let's bring them in and let's talk to them. Yeah, let's jump right into that. Here, here's D May with his friends from No Laying Up Roost. So, hey guys, I'd love to welcome Josh Johnston, Connor Hendrickson to the podcast. A couple great friends and uh, good golf competitors. I've had some fun playing with both of you individually and now collectively at a recent thing we're going to talk about the Pinnacle Parlay. We had you guys here in Rogers. So Josh from over in uh, Oklahoma and Connor from out in Tennessee, welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Right on. Well, before we dive too far into this, um, uh, from an unknown golf perspective, we work with with both of you, um, and you both kind of run 
some, uh, a couple of groups that, that we work closely with and help, help run some events. So Connor, yours is called the High Cotton Club. Josh, yours is called Supercell. Um, so for those who just might not be familiar with any of that, they've never heard of either one of those or why we, we might be talking. Can you guys give a little background into what those groups represent and what they are and how they came about? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for me, it all started when I attended, um, an event back in Denver several years ago called the summit at common ground, um, run by a, a podcast and, and YouTube channel at the time called no laying up. And that was their first time kind of stepping into the, um, event space and, they started running more events and they, they developed a message board called the refuge. And that was kind of the impetus for all that. Um, all that stuff evolved into what is now the no laying up roost. And so they, the roosts are just a play off of the nest, which is the um, community within no laying up, get some kind of incentives and stuff like that um, for supporting no laying up and being part of the nest. And so to, uh, you know, elaborate on the nest, they went with the term roost, but basically roosts are just communities Plotted all throughout the country, um, Canada and Europe as well. Um, so Josh is holding it down down in Oklahoma while we hold it down here in Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, touch southern Indiana and Mississippi. Um, you know, we try to just provide um, a variety of fun, fair and competitive events for golfers. Uh, They're like minded. And um, it all started through the, the great folks at No Lang Up. And we get to um, at the end of it, send teams to qualify for regionals and go to a roost club championship and we get to hold majors which um you know send one or two maybe three qualifiers to the nest invitational tournament which i just returned from at uh, pga fields ranch and so it's just been a fantastic community that um you know we were just super fortunate to be a small part of and uh, that unknown has helped us elevate um our level of involvement and our level of uh, success in that yeah and i think uh, you know i I met Connor a couple of years back at the 2022 Roos Club Championship, um, and then that's, I think, when the Unknown Golf conversation started with us. We, we both, you know, run our league, our respective Roos, and so, uh, I, you know, we, we jumped on a call with, uh, with Bill, the, the founder, um, who's still involved with, uh, Unknown Golf, and, um, it, it was just a great app. Um, I mean, it, it effectively does everything for us in terms of the setup. Uh, getting games, scorecards, everything like that. So, um, anyway, Connor and I were at the Park Mammoth Extinction event that High Cotton Club hosted back in June of last year. And, uh, I think that's when the conversation of maybe getting together with the unknown golf guys and High Cotton Club and, uh, some of the boys from Oklahoma. And, uh, that's kind of how we, uh, this evolved into the Pinnacle Parlay. Yeah. I, um, it, it's amazing how it's kind of taken its own, own, uh, journey of how we've grown from where that started with with a couple of those conversations and where um you know it allowed us to suddenly convene here in um you know in northwest arkansas and and have a cool little event so one other thing i want to ask um if somebody were listening to this podcast and wanted to figure out how to become part of supercell or high cotton club or anything how do we do that? Um, so here at the Supercell, you know, we uh, the easiest way is just to get on the uh, on the refuge or the nest through nolayingup.com. Um, there's a message board feature there, um, and then once you get in there, you can kind of search your area that you live in. So if you were in Oklahoma, um, everything kind of stems for us from the roll call Oklahoma thread. 
Um, and then once you get involved, we have a Discord app that uh, we use for some communication. But that's kind of the where it starts for us. Uh, Connor does things a little bit differently. Now we're we're you know for Connor reference does things differently, right? Um, for reference, we're a little bit smaller. I mean, we are only the state of Oklahoma, and I think Connor is basically a majority of everything east of the uh, Mississippi River. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, and they're, you know, each roost has its, uh, respective social media accounts on Instagram. You can find us at Supercell Oklahoma. Um, and, and we try to post about things coming up and events and, and things like that. Yeah. For us, we're, we're a little bit more forward and public facing just because of how we started, um, with our match play, the high cotton classic. And so we just started with, uh, trying to get guys who, didn't have the opportunity to play in their at their local clubs because maybe they didn't have a local club to play at um, or that local friend group that kind of grew up and got jobs. And so we started organically that way and just developed into these uh, events and into a roost as no laying up kind of rolled that idea out. So if you just search us up on Instagram at the High Cotton Club um, or at the High Cotton Classic, either way, you'll find us. Um, and then we also have our own podcast on Spotify and Apple um, dialed in a podcast by the High Cotton Club. And so where, you know, continually try to step things up. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. And then once you get in, we have a Discord. And that's basically a smaller version of what Josh was talking about with the refuge. Um, so, you know, between all those different channels, we're, we're pretty easy to find. And uh, there's no shortage of ways to stay involved and to stay connected. And if if they weren't, if somebody were listening and they're not in one of your areas, that refuge is the place to sort of start because, there are people like you both, and, I, and we work with several others as well, but there are people like you both around the country that are running great programs, very similar to yours, with great events all the time and feeding up into these tournaments and these national tournaments and things, right? Um, so uh, that would be the place that, that anybody would start if they were trying to figure out where do they belong. Yeah, so I, No Laying Up, if you go to No Laying Up's website, um, nolayingup.com, you can join the refuge there. Um, and there's also some links to find, um, you know, kind of a map sending you where you may fit in in terms of the roost layout and format. So, um, you know, things are always evolving and changing and, and the whole purpose is just to try to serve the community. And so, um, I'm, I'm just feel very fortunate to be a very small part of that. So, okay. I've got a, a, another question, um, in, in a, uh, not sure how long of an answer these are. But hopefully they're, they're fairly easy, but I'm curious. And I think it's always interesting to me. Anytime I work with a group, I'm always curious about how they got their name. So high cotton club is not necessarily the very first name I think of when I think about a golf group, nor is supercell. So I'd like to hear you both sort of just briefly describe how those names came about to be the name of your, uh, your, respective roost i think there's a little bit more controversy around the origin story with mine so i'll let uh, josh go ahead and start yeah so i i think one characteristic of most of the guys that are involved in the refuge and and these roosts they're they're all very witty um and and so we I think our group kind of stemmed from, you know, Oklahoma's nor- known for the tornadoes and <laughs> bad weather and, and everything, unfortunately. Um, and so we really had no better ideas other than, well, let's just name it after basically what everyone knows Oklahoma for, which is tornadoes. And so um, we started that and uh, we uh, 
had a, a designer come up with a few different proofs on the logo, and that's kind of where it stemmed from. And now our season events and things like that generally follow along uh, the theme of uh, bad spring weather. So our major is called the Nader, short for a redneck uh, slogan or redneck term for a tornado. Um, but that's that's really it. I mean, there's <laughs> I'd love to say there's more to it than that, but there really isn't. For for it, us, it makes sense. Um, for us, we started off, like I said, organically with the High Cotton Classic, and and I started that name because I, I was a golf pro in my past life. Kind of got burnt out with that. Um, my family, long line of cowboys, and so uh, we had a small family beef operation that was never profitable, but I wanted to make sure that it, it you know, kind of left a, a little bit of a mark and had some sort of legacy. And so I was, you know, spending a lot of time thinking about the South um, and thinking about what a representation for the South was. And I was actually listening to a song by Alabama, High Cotton. And uh, there's a line in there that says, we didn't know that times were lean around us. The grass was green. And so that line just always stuck with me as a way to uh, stay positive, stay grateful and to have perspective for the times that you're in. Because uh, like uh, I think Andy Bernard said in the office, like I wish that somebody would tell me that I was in the good old days before they were gone. Um, and so I think that that's just kind of the perspective that we try to have and to to uh have gratitude and um you know that's something that I'm I'm filled with every time that we have one of these events every time that you know I'm able to interact and meet new people and so that's kind of the uh ethos for the high cotton club and so um that's that's how the name started was the high cotton classic straight into the high cotton club I love it well there are so many cool ones that I hear out there and uh, I always marvel at what they come up with um Sometimes some of the names I don't think are repeatable on a, on a family level podcast, and, <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting things, cool ones, and, um, I love to hear about them. I love to see some of the merch that people create, that sort of thing. So still, as I look around, I'm still looking for my supercell, uh, swag. So it's on its way. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe yeah, a few I'm, months before it gets there, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to check, way, I'm going to check the post, post office today. Yeah. But, John, okay. you know, I think that before we move on there, like you said, there's so many people that represent their community so well. And, you know, even though it's so simple, something like a name, we joke a lot in the refuge that we do a better job representing ourselves than the, the live uh, teams do. And uh, so shout out Josh and the Supercell guys for representing Oklahoma. And, you know, uh, although Nashville is our home base and we have some bigger cities, uh, the High Cotton Club is largely rural and agricultural. And we are proud to represent all the the golfers from small town country clubs going to uh, big town events. Love it, and I do agree with that, especially on Josh Supercell um, being based here, pretty close to Josh and his crew. That it's very fitting. I do think it's a it's a perfect name. So I loved it. I knew I suspected it was where it came from, but I wanted to hear that, so I appreciate it. All right, so we had you guys. You brought some of your your cronies over. Um, just recently, we completed this. Um, we've just been talking about it among our group with J-Dub and others. We've, we've been talking about it in in, uh, in a recent podcast that we had. Um, great time from our standpoint. Um, Unknown Golf put something together to invite um, some of our our uh, roost organizations from, from No Laying Up that we were working with and said, hey, let's come out here and let's just have a little throwdown. Let's put a let's put a ball on a tee and let's see who comes out the winner. 
and have some fun in the process. So you guys brought some guys over. We teed it up for a couple of days. Uh, I would just wanted to get your, your general take. We, we changed the formats up a little bit. So it wasn't what I would call it was real golf, but it wasn't typical golf. Meaning it wasn't just a standard gross or net game. It wasn't just a Stableford points game. It wasn't just some kind of two man best ball or scramble. And, and those are great. Those are like the traditional. It's what we play all the time. So we wanted to do a little something unique. And so we, we pulled out a couple of different formats out here. So, uh, give me, give me the take from you guys when you get here and, you know, we start unveiling the formats and what's going on. Like just kind of lead me through it from the eyes of you guys and, and the, the guys that you brought with you. Well, I, if you guys want to uh, listen to me just thank unknown for the entire weekend, you can go listen to a, a previous episode of Dialed In, um, where D-May and I had a conversation about that. But um, I would like to shout you guys out one more time quickly because Tilt, you guys made Tilt a legitimate scoring option to where you don't have to spend a bunch of time trying to figure it up, and it's easy to see what's on Tilt when you're going off Tilt. And it's just, it's for me, the most fun game that I've played because – Wolf, a lot of times I can play really good golf and still not get rewarded for it. I don't really know what strategy I should take. But but when we're playing tilt, it's like just go play good golf and crazy things can happen. And then, you know, if you don't play good golf, crazy things can also happen. So when you when you guys came out with the format to to have individual tilt, team tilt, all that stuff, and then the derby separately with with the format that is unique and fun, something that we are definitely going to bring into the high cotton club with the multiplier stuff. It was just fun. And like you said, it wasn't, uh, it was real golf, but it was different golf and it kept me engaged. And it just, I, I had a smile on my face all weekend long. Probably because yeah. you were winning. And, and D-Made, don't let him push his podcast while he's on your podcast. Sickening okay. stuff. How do you comment? That's okay. I've, <laughs> I've, I've been a, a guest on it several times. So I'm, it's okay. I was on uh, the push. Uh, the one he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting in terms of the format because, you know, there, there was your, there was the team perspective of the guys that you brought and the guys you showed up with. But then, you know, there was a three man, uh, Stableford tilt game across the two days, you know, and day one, you didn't play with those guys. You, you played with them day two. So, you know, you're just checking the scoreboard, but then, you know, there, you, I just felt like it kept you in it all day, regardless of if you were on it, uh, on track to career it or just, you know, playing like me and shot 92 day one, um, with, with the par three competitions and, and everything else. I, I just thought that the course aligned really nicely with the formats, you know, because although, you know, it's a difficult course, the greens were, I thought really, really tough to read for me. I mean, granted it was my first time out there, but, but I think that there were all some holes down the stretch that, you know, you get aggressive in a tilt game, a lot of things could happen because I think at the end of day one, our team were towards the back half of the pack and then we're coming down the stretch on day two, you know, we hit hole 15 or 16, like, man, if, if a couple things go right here for us, you know, we're, we could make a run and, you know, fortunately Bill uh, played out of his mind and, um, and, and for the record, Bill played out of his mind and it came down to 18. I walk off the green on 18 with the lead and the last group that Josh and Bill are in come in right behind us and pull some miracles 
stuff out of their butt and leap us by. And we're talking about there's hundreds of points on the board at this point, and they leap us and beat us by like six or eight points. So it was exciting and entertaining. I just hate to lose, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I did want to say one other thing. Um, you mentioned tilt, Connor. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know. So the best way I can tell you to understand what tilt is, is just go to a web browser and, and do a search, a Google search or whatever your preferred browser method is of no lane up tilt. I promise you it will pop up. It'll be like the first thing you see. And in essence, it is the best way to describe it and play it is to create a net Stableford game. Now, you can play it gross as well. It just depends on the level of your players and, and trying to create equality. We played it as a net Stableford. Um, I, you, you pretty much have to have some negative point valuations in there. We played it completely as it's listed in that write-up. If you do the search, it was minus four for a double. That was the only minuses, minus four for double or worse. So you really want to have that because that there, you want the penalty aspect. And then if you make a net birdie, the next hole is worth 2x the points. You make another one back-to-back net birdies, the next hole is worth 3x, 4x, so on. If you make an eagle, it skips one of those multipliers and goes to the next. So if you just come out and make a net eagle, instead of the next hole being 2x, it's 3x. Or if you're on tilt and it goes from 2x to 4x or whatever the case may be. So you can start ramping up points quickly. But that's where the negatives come in. You catch the wrong negative, and all of a sudden you're on a three or four x multiplier and catch one of those minus fours, and your day can turn down in a in a, in a heartbeat. So it was a lot of fun to play that. Um, it was my first time actually having played it, and I actually can't wait to play it again. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So then, after I got jilted out of that win, we go. To a shootout so that that uh format then we just completely changed it again so what do you guys think about that yeah i thought you know i thought the shootout format was great because then it you know it loops you back in with the guys that you know i, I think what the rule was you know you have an a b a, c and a d player and the only rule was the a and b's couldn't play together so um and, and we sorted that by handicap so um i played with uh one of the guys whose grandfather lives on the course uh nick williams uh great golfer i think he's around a zero uh handicap and yeah so it was a two-man uh multiplier net game so you take your two net scores on the whole multiply them together um obviously the idea is to be the lowest point total team um and it was three holes, so everyone tees off, um, and then after three holes, we dropped a couple teams, um, and then after the fifth hole, we dropped a couple teams, so then I think we got down to the final four, and then it reset after seven, but uh, man, I thought, you know, that format, that format was a ton of fun as well, because uh, it took both of you, so it doesn't matter if, if one guy's playing really good, man, a seven or a six can throw you off track in a hurry, so um, yeah, I, I thought it was a ton of fun. I, we saw on on hole one alone, relatively short par four starting hole, we saw a team score of 12 on that hole and a team score of th- – actually two team scores of 30. So we had a three and a four. We had a six and a five. Um, so, so Connor, I, I my memory's not great. So I'm hoping that you can help, help think through this. Um, Josh mentioned that 
we eliminated one or two teams early, like after the first two or three holes. Who went out on that? Who went out early? I can't remember. Well, it's funny that you asked because we eliminated two teams, and whoever put the format together didn't consider how difficult it might be to give a shot back in a format like this on the first hole. Uh, maybe they did consider it, and they were just trying to get those two teams out of there. You know, maybe I don't know. Plus, I don't know. Uh, maybe the plus one should. The, maybe yeah. the plus one should not make double bogey. Yeah, that's that's where I was getting to because uh, it was just a tough scene um, for for me and Ricky. Oh, we wanted it really, really bad. Um, I think we both played the first three holes about as poorly as we could. Um, and then I was net three under on the next two that didn't matter, um, because we still played even though we were already eliminated. Um, so that's just, you know, that's how golf goes. It, the only reason that, I, you know, I was bothered is because it was so much fun. And I just wanted to keep playing. I felt like. It was a uh, dodgeball and I just got knocked out of the game in like the first 15 seconds. And, you know, I just wanted to keep playing with my friends. Um, so it was, it was a really fun format that I look forward to getting back into sometime. One of the things that I thought was really clever by both of you is it's, it's pretty ironic. I mean, this, this is pure irony that this happened in terms of the association or affiliation. But then I thought it was very clever as captains to do this, that randomly there's a direct connection between your groups and the club we played. So Connor has a guy whose dad is a member at this club, and he comes and visits his dad and plays. And imagine that he ends up making the team, and imagine that he's Connor's partner in this two-man thing at the end. And then Josh um, happens to have a guy in his group whose grandfather lives on the number two uh, fairway. He's played so much of his life there, and he ends up making Josh's team and randomly happens to be Josh's partner in this shootout. And Yeah, nothing random about that there. And, and actually Josh and Nick – ended up winning the whole thing. But I do think it was clever that you guys said, look, this doesn't have to be like some cold turkey situation. We have a little hidden connection here. We might as well take advantage of it. Now, I know there's some qualifiers and things as well, so I'm not just discounting those. But I did think that was – I thought that was quite smart on your part. Well, you know (sighs) – you know, in all fairness, Nick did qualify for the 2022 and 2023 regional, uh, the regional teams for the Supercell. So it wasn't completely random that he got the invite, um, but it did help. And, uh, you know, I think when we picked the teams, I don't think anyone really wanted to play with me. You know, I think there was, I'm not saying we had locker room issues, but let's say Nick wasn't pleased uh, to be my shootout partner after I fired a 93 on Friday. So uh, it worked out for us, David. You know, yeah, shout you were out. kind of you were just kind of gearing up. I noticed that like your your bad day was definitely day one, and then yeah. day two you come back win win this uh tilt two two day game and then come back and win the shootout. I mean, it was a good time to shine. Yeah, well, you, you know, and I think unfortunately it was the first time seeing the course, and uh, I think I found almost every out of bounds white stake on the front nine and then 
um, as I do, did not learn my lesson on the back nine and kept pulling drivers. So we, um, we, we made some better decisions off the tee box day two. And, and then that, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle at the right time going into the shootout. Yeah. I mean, shout out to your boy, Nick. Um, what a player him and JB both. Um, also, you know, we, we had a little, uh, Yeti bucket that we brought out, um, just to, to do whatever with. And of course, Supercell is going to win that as well. Um, it was just, it was a clean sweep for the Supercell boys. They cleaned so, up. Uh, shout out to your guys, but quickly, you know, shout out, like we were talking about Ricky. Um, we wouldn't even have this connection with unknown golf if it wasn't for him and his father, Pete, um, uh, saying, Hey, you know, we, we use the scoring software back home at Pinnacle and it, it could really help you guys. And so shout out them. And of course, Ben Sergio, who's, who's been a huge help with, uh, unknown golf, the extinction and Alex Kreider, who's uh, been a great help for running our events and, and making things take a next step in the, in the uh, high cotton club. So it was a, a real treat to be able to show those guys the hospitality that unknown has and Pinnacle. What a great golf course. I just, I love the way that that golf course sets up for me personally. Yeah, it was a really, really good event. So I guess the last question that I wanted to ask you guys is now, obviously I had a bet against every player in the field. It just sort of just naturally happens. But were there any sort of things going on either between you two guys or was there maybe it was between your two groups any kind of like side challenges or, or side banter um, or even within your groups, like two guys that are like, hey, no matter what, we got something going. Just like J-Dub and I, um, it's almost impossible for the two of us to both be playing at the same time and not have, you know, some kind of side game going between us. Yeah, well, I think there's always a healthy amount of trash talk, you know, anytime Connor and I play together between our <clears throat> between our teams. Um, you know, I, I had some individual stuff. I think I played Sercio you know, on a Nassau. And I think both days we played nine point within our group um, and then had just, you know, some some different side bets individually with some guys. But I don't know that we did anything, you know, high cotton versus supercell. Uh, we should have, but I think we dropped the ball there. Missed an opportunity. I mean, we did, in, in my mind, any time that I show up, it, there's a competition to be had, even if there's not, you know, a uh, a certain wager um that's uh clearly stated um you know here in the high cotton club we we try to set a standard um not only to compete but to compete at a high level and this is you know plainly the worst performance we've had on a big stage um so it's it's something to go back to the drawing board on and um you know when uh Kreider Kreider and I were driving back from Arkansas it was kind of like do we add more derbies what what do we do <laughs> to put ourselves in position to have more success in these situations because yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little frustrating to, uh, to continually come up just a little bit short, but at the same time, it's just so much fun to get to compete. And uh, I, I don't really know what all the individual wagers were. I, I'm one of those guys who, if I keep track of that, I'm going to lose that. So I just try to play as good a golf as I can. But here in the high cotton club, we always throw around a little monopoly money in the form of jackpot points. And so there's always stuff going on in between us and, who's going to play the best that weekend and thankful that I was able to. That's right. Well, man, it was a, it, it was a great time from our standpoint. I know that we were really excited to have you guys here. Um, we're thankful for all that we get to do with you guys week in and week out um, as part of what you're doing as leaders with your roost and, and advancing the game of golf, bringing people together, 
camaraderie, friendship, competition. Those are my fr- three favorite things. Um, so we're, pr- we're proud to be able to be a part of that from an unknown golf perspective. And then just to, to have you guys here and compete, I do believe, despite the fact that I had a pretty solid showing that weekend in terms of my side action, I feel like I gave both of you cash and I don't like that. Didn't, I didn't really like that at all. So now I've got to reevaluate myself and what, you know, what's my true meaning in life if I'm having to pass out cash like that. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be back for it. Don't you worry. It was a uh, cash and a pretty sweet bottle of whistle pig 18. <laughs> Hey, winning has so, its privileges, Josh. Winning it, has its privileges. It does. Again, just I was just at the right. I felt like I was the uh, recipient of being at the right place or the right team at the right time because uh, Lord knows I contributed very little in the overall team uh, tilt game. <laughs> but that uh, that uh, prize you mentioned was for being the winner of the two uh, the right. shootout. Um, and right. you, while you won that representing Supercell, we also acknowledged the team that survived it all. And um, we counted both scores. So you don't get there without yeah. both of them. And that's why we did it the way we did it. I'm a big fan of everybody has to carry their weight. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember Nick had that putt, I think, on eight. And he was like 12 or 14 feet. And I was thinking – if he misses this, it's either a chip off or we lose. And right when I was thinking that, he just hammers the back of the cup and we, uh, narrowly avoided elimination and went on to the ninth tee. So Nikki putts. And by the way, that putt eliminated yours truly as well. So I yeah. mean, just a devastating thing, uh, you know, across the board, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations to Nikki putts for getting it done. That's right. That's right. Well, man, it was. It was a great time having you both here. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun just catching back up about it, reliving a few moments. So I thank you both for taking the time. Um, and I, you know, I'd, I'd encourage anybody out there, if you're looking for that combination of camaraderie, competition, friendship, making new friends, playing new places and having a chance to compete and work your way up into other events check out the refuge um the no laying up refuge find your place find your home and if it happens to be in one of these areas of oklahoma with josh or whatever quadrant of the united states that connor covers um like you'd find yourself uh, very happy that you did so so um thank you both shout out to high cotton club and supercell Thanks for joining us here, and it was great catching up with both of you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us, Steve. I appreciate you guys' hospitality while we were in uh, northwest Arkansas. I know all of our guys had a uh, had a blast, and we can't wait to get back. Hopefully we do it again next year. Yeah, thanks so much, DMA and the entire crew. We appreciate you guys. Man, that was a great interview. It's always great to hear um, how people are making the game more enjoyable and fun. And, Bringing folks together, I mean, yeah. the, how they've put these Community. groups together, yeah. these communities, and, and, and are continuing to grow those, and you know, people love competition. That's one of the things that I admire about what what they're doing across these no laying up roosts is they're giving people a chance to go from the couch to the course, and then from the course to the next event, the next event, have competition, have camaraderie, make friends, three things that are always so important to me. 
And then the next thing you know, they're they're qualifying for these larger tournaments, and then people are going to national events and competing against each other across the country. So it's amazing what they're doing, and we're super uh, excited and and blessed and thankful to be a part of it from an unknown golf perspective. Yeah, and I, I think too that that you know not only are we able to do that and thankful that we uh, we get to partner with them and do that, but I think they would say too, just like they did that that unknown golf makes their experience better too. And it was already a good one, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, um, what we often talk about, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's more about who you're playing with. Um, and, and when you have a group like that, you don't know that guy maybe over there as well, but then in a couple of weeks you do, and now you got a, you got a friend, you know, it's part of, part of the fun of golf and playing golf's a lot more fun playing with people you like than playing by yourself or, People you don't know. So that, those communities are awesome. I have a lot more success finding really good people and good friends than I do good scores. <laughs> Same here. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to wrap it up for this edition of One Groove Low. Hope you're enjoying it. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get podcasts. You can also email us, OGL, at unknowngolf.com. One Groove Low is presented by Unknown Golf. Think about unknowngolf.com. Log on there. If you're not a member, check it out. Subscribe. It's less than $50 a year or 5 bucks a month. Would also make an incredible gift for a golfing friend in your life as we approach the holiday season. So until next time, keep it in the fairway. If you don't, lower your expectations. That's Challenge right. accepted. And don't forget to hit the press button. Always <laughs> hit the press button. Love it. See you guys next time. <laughs>